0: Welcome to Best Fit Careers with your host Saurabh Nanda, your podcast for all the information that you need to solve your career and education queries. Life likes to throw us at crossroads again and again. Many argue that this is the way we learn while others depend on such crossroads to improve themselves. And chances are that at each of these crossroads, getting a management degree might have crossed your mind. What exactly is a management degree? Is it just an MBA or something else? What are the different types of MBA? How much does it cost? What are its requirements? Most importantly, is it for me? Hmm. So you've decided to go for an MBA or at least research about it. But what exactly is an MBA? An MBA is Masters in Business Administration. And curiously enough, you will see that there is no management in the definition, isn't it? But business administration can be defined in so many ways. It can be construed in so many different domains and sectors. Business administration means Administering or managing any business function related to different industries, whether it is manufacturing, whether it is logistics or service industry or the hotel industry or any other kind of industry, whatever work you are managing to make sure that the business runs smoothly and moves forward to achieve its own mission, well, all that work relates to management and an MBA will have more knowledge, more skills to, in fact, do that particular job. So what exactly do you get out of an MBA? What you do get out of an MBA is the knowledge of management, is the knowledge about how things can be done more efficiently, so that the business objectives of any organization are met. Now once you get this knowledge, automatically you would need skills so that tomorrow when you work for an organization like this, or maybe start your own organization you should be able to work in the same efficient and productive manner. An MBA does provide you some of those skills. MBA also exposes you to different domains and industries, which you were probably not exposed to earlier, whether in your education or in your work experience. Engineers mostly do not have a lot of idea about financial management, the world of finance, economics, and so on and they do get that information in an MBA. Similarly, an arts major might not be familiar with what the technological world is uh, doing right now and how to actually build a personal brand online. An MBA can direct you in that direction as well. And how does this MBA program do that? It does that by exposing you to an amazing peer group, which usually comes from diverse backgrounds like engineering, medicine, uh, economics, arts, sports, and so on. Secondly, it exposes you to amazing faculty members, professors who have dedicated their lives to the pursuit of education and pursuit of knowledge in different sectors um, under the broad umbrella of management. And thirdly, you get the exposure by learning and by doing things during an MBA. I think a lot of you might have heard of, you know, different pedagogies that are employed over there, the famous case study method, um, or there are live projects from the industry, or you do an internship uh, with a company, or you're working on some research project under a professor, maybe, or you're working on another uh, project under a center of excellence at that particular institute, for example. All those things uh, give you the exposure and the learning that you wanted to have And that is why MBA is such a versatile course. There is a lot of freedom and there are a lot of choices available for you as an MBA student to go into different directions, experiment, learn new things, fail at them, and then decide whether you actually want to develop a career over there in that direction or not. But most importantly, what does an MBA do? An MBA helps you evaluate what you have done so far in your life, in your bachelor's education, or in your master's education as well. Whatever you've done in your education, studied over there, maybe some research work that you did, and then wherever you've worked so far, part-time, full-time, in the gig economy, however you've worked, it helps you evaluate all that experience. It helps you evaluate all those small little triumphs and all those small little failures that you experienced and see how you could improve them, how you could make them better. That is what an MBA basically gives to you. After an MBA, obviously, the network that you create, the network that you develop during that course with your peer group, with seniors, alumni, with the professors, with the various industry representatives who visit the campus, that, networks help, that network helps you in uh, growing that brand of that college helps you in figuring out opportunities which probably do not uh, are which probably are not available to others, and that is where things like strategic thinking, leadership uh, qualities develop inside you. You can actually become a consultant in your respective field, and so on. There's a very famous quote which uh, I used to hear when I was in college and uh, was preparing for MBA, and it was by a professor in XLRI, and I and I hope it was it is a true story, and there is a professor in XLRI who actually said this. What that professor uh, basically told the students was, if you want to define an MBA, I'm just going to keep it simple for you, and I'm going to define it in this way. MBA is a pressure cooker. We're going to put you... All in a pressure cooker for the next two years, and then we will see who survives. You will learn how to survive under pressure, be the best you can, make the most appropriate and you know critically reasoned, um, factual decisions. That is what is in MBA. So, apart from being one of the most versatile courses on the planet. It can also change, uh, help you change the direction of your career, help you understand uh, things about yourself. Self-awareness is a huge part of an MBA. And it also exposes you to people and things which you've never really thought of before. Now, what are the different types of MBA? Um, a very senior leader uh, from India who did his MBA way back in the uh, late 70s, uh, right after his graduation, and is is the managing director of uh, the company and taking care of the operations for Asia-Pacific today, he uh, said that if you want to do an MBA in your life, do it as soon as possible from the best place possible. Now, does that definition work for everyone? Not entirely. And that is where I want to tell you that there's a huge difference between how uh, MBA happens in India and how MBA is viewed abroad. Abroad, you need to have at least two years of work experience if you want to do an MBA course. It might be a degree, it might be a postgraduate diploma, but you need at least two years of work experience. In India, however, and probably India is the only major economy in the world where you don't need to have work experience to do an MBA. And that is why you will see a lot of freshers People who have just completed their graduation appear for the entrance examinations. The most famous of them is called CAT and other similar ones are ZAT, SNAP, etc. And with the help of that entrance examination, then appear for interview processes across various institutes like IIMs, XLRI, SPGEN, Great Lakes, and so on, and get admitted into an MBA, a Masters of Business Administration, right after college or right after your bachelor's degree, which is... Quite different, I would say, and in a lot of uh, sense, very strange as well. But most mature institutes in India have started going away from this trend, and they prefer more work experienced people um, than to freshers. Although, please keep in mind, if you are uh, a candidate for an Indian MBA, and you're looking at the new IIMs, uh, IIMs like IIM, Kashipur, Udaipur, etc., then you need to know that they do not prefer candidates having more than three years of work experience. So if you are a fresher, if you are somebody who's just joined the industry and is looking to um, appear for an MBA, go right ahead. The new IIMs welcome you with open arms. But if you are an experienced professional, the new IIMs are not the place that you're looking for. Then we can also categorize MBA based on the duration which it occurs for. Many MBAs uh, are one-year programs, uh, especially MBAs in India offered by Indian School of Business. Uh, Great Lakes also has a one-year program. And similar programs or parallel programs to this uh, in the IIMs or XLRI and the other institutes are called the executive programs or the one-year MBA programs that they offer. Mind you, ISB also has an executive, separate executive program for MBA. Uh, if you look abroad, um, places like the UK or uh, some uh, schools in the US as well, you will see an 16th mo- a 16-month or an 18-month MBA, which can be extended based on certain program requirements. Maybe you do an internship and so on, but they are quite flexible. The minimum duration is around 16 months, and that's where you go from. Then there are uh, hardcore flagship programs of uh, various B schools, including the Ivy League, like Harvard, Stanford, MIT, and so on, which offer a two-year program, although uh, Stanford and MIT are not technically part of the Ivy League. But yeah, um, very difficult to get into B school programs. They offer uh, MBA degrees for two years. And then there are courses which are called MIMs, the full form for which is master's in management programs. Universities like Yale also offer these programs, and they can range anywhere between two years to three years. Now, how is an MIM different from an MBA program? Well, an MIM program is exactly what it sounds like. It's a master's in management. So if you have a major or a minor in management or any of the disciplines of management, then you can actually apply for MIM without even having work experience. Yale offers a very unique course where they actually offer you a three-year program uh, wherein you do more internships and uh, get more access to greater opportunities uh, after you finish the degree program. So there you go, anywhere between one to three years is, is your management degree, MBA, MIM available to you in India or abroad. Now, where can you do this MBA? As I mentioned, and as I just mentioned, uh, different countries, different places within India, and different uh, B-Schools across the world, um, all major economies have amazing uh, MBA programs, which will directly put you into the labor market, where you can uh, go and try for different jobs, because all these major economies need managers for different domains. They have decent size to very large size industries in different uh, domains um, and that is why they need qualified professionals, smart individuals who can understand the business and take it forward. Although you need to understand that there's a slight difference, again, when, it, when we compare Indian MBA with global MBAs, um, a lot of the global MBAs, in fact, most of them, uh, are offered by very big traditional universities, wherein a Department of Management is just another department, just like maybe the Department of Sciences or the Department of Arts, Department of um, Law, and so on. Whereas in India, we have dedicated schools uh, which offer the B-School programs, which are more famous than traditional universities offering uh, management programs. For example, IIT Delhi has a Department of uh, Management Sciences, which also offers an MBA. Um, but primarily, IIT Delhi is, is a technical institution, which is becoming a bigger university now. So uh, one would prefer an IIM over IIT Delhi, just because uh, IIMs are more experienced in offering that particular course. So in India, you will find uh, good programs uh, which are offered by standalone business schools and also by traditional universities. Whereas abroad, most of the schools, most of the B schools are part of traditional, big traditional universities. Coming to the most important part, I think, of this uh, entire podcast is the return on investment. Now, there is something called the opportunity cost. And what exactly is the opportunity cost? Opportunity cost is the cost of doing an MBA. Why is it called opportunity cost? Because MBA, an MBA from a good place is a great opportunity. But when you go for a newer opportunity, you need to leave things behind, which is quite important to understand and evaluate because sometimes the value of the things that you're leaving behind might not be small or it might be actually bigger than what you're supposed to get or what you are intending to get in the future after doing your MBA. And the difference between these costs is actually called the opportunity cost. Now, what is the cost of an MBA opportunity? You need to understand that you will not be working unless you have some secondary revenue stream, uh, which, you know, generates money on its own and you don't really have to give a lot of time to it or at least not work full-time, to it, uh, full-time for it then that uh, income stream will dry up. So your revenue stream will dry up while you are engaged in the MBA for one year or two years. Then you also need to understand that you will not be uh, earning for the entire duration, but at the same time, you'll be paying fees to the B school unless and until you get uh, get a scholarship. So, you know, you're not earning money. At the same time, you are paying fees. The third aspect is a lot of students... A lot of aspirants actually go for education loans while going for an MBA, which is the right thing to do as well because uh, education loans can be quite beneficial uh, later on. So, you are actually going to be paying interest on that loan also after you finish your MBA. So, that adds on to the cost. Then, on top of that, you will be living. (laughs) <laughs> your life. Most probably, you'll be living away from your family. Although uh, it is highly recommended that you take your family along with you uh, to various campuses. In fact, a lot of uh, experienced professionals who are married or who have partners, um, they actually uh, keep this as a as one of the major uh, decision making. Factors while choosing which school to go for, because family, taking the family with them and ensuring that they have a good life while you're busy in your MBA is extremely important. So please think about that as well. So you see the entire expenditure related to MBA, the lack of income uh, during the MBA all adds up to be a big number. And that big number needs to be balanced out or compensated by the job opportunities or placement opportunities that you're ga- going to get after the MBA is over. So let's say for an uh, for example, the average salary uh, from a top uh, 15 uh, B school in the U.S. Uh, is is around hundred thousand dollars, and the average cost actually is is close to hundred thousand dollars with living and all these uh, things included, travel, living. And so you need to balance it out that how many years will it take to actually get rid of the loan and get rid of the commitments related to, uh, you know, money and financial decisions that you took. So you need to be aware of that. And if that math works out for you in the long term, an MBA is a great choice. But then that is it, right? If it makes sense financially, MBA is a great choice, I should go for it. Or is it? Are you thinking of an MBA, but don't understand if it is the right decision? Get yourself assessed from SN Mentors. At SN Mentoring, we assess all the aspects of your profile, including your personality, aptitude, interests, education, and work experience background. We use our unique personal factor assessment to help you find your best fit career pathway. This assessment will answer all your queries and provide you a clear pathway ahead. At in Mentoring, all our clients become our friends for life. So join our community. The most important conversation around MBA, what people think is related to money, but actually it is not. It is related to the fact, should you go for an MBA or not? we've all seen very successful people, highly motivated, smart, intelligent people going for MBA courses and developing their careers later on. And we also see MBAs not only in the business world or the corporate world. We also see them in the non-profit world. We also see them in in the sports industry or in uh, public sector, in public life. Uh, We also see a lot of MBAs going back to academics and so on. So it, it almost seems like MBA is that necessary step that you need to take to be at any good place in life career-wise, but actually it is not. An MBA is an opportunity just like any other opportunity and you need to understand whether this opportunity is really for you or not. A few of the reasons why uh, students or people go for an MBA in India, mostly it is for (laughs) sin-absolution. What I'm trying uh, what I'm trying to say over here is a lot of people, they end up choosing colleges uh, during their, you know, right after their high school, they need to choose colleges. So they end up choosing colleges and courses and programs which are not good for them. They just do those or they just make those decisions because of some random reason maybe they were influenced too much maybe they did not um, you know really figure out what was it it's a good fit or not uh, they didn't really know what to do so they just followed what the other people are doing they followed the trodden path which is going to guarantee some kind of success and that is why they end up in programs which did not suit them or were not appropriate they did not enjoy it Now, in order to change their career, because they think now they're stuck with this particular degree and they have to work in this industry, which they're primarily not really fond of, in order to get away from all that, in order to get away from this uh, original sin in their career, they actually go for an MBA. Because in MBA, you can easily switch careers, although uh, it's an art uh, and, and you need to prepare for it, but it is quite possible and a lot of people actually do it. So a lot of Indian students and aspirants would just go for an MBA to absolve themselves of the original sin of choosing the wrong program after high school. Another factor why a lot of people go for MBA is is what I call the manager problem. The manager problem is a problem when you don't like your manager. You started working and your manager is not a nice person. Uh, Your manager expects a lot of things from you which you cannot give. And that is where you decide that whatever happens, I need to get away from this job. And one of the best ways to get away from this job, and actually maybe in some, you know, ways you want to avenge your honor by proving to the manager that you can do better than that person in your life is is the reason why you're going to go for a good MBA later on. If these are your reasons, trust me, you need to dig deeper. A very genuine reason for an MBA is something like a glass ceiling within an organization. A lot of organizations employ people and they give them good responsibility. But after a certain amount of uh, work experience, it can be three years, it can be five years, it can be 15 years. You stop growing within that organization. The reason for that is because the organization, although values your contribution immensely and doesn't want to lose you, But they can't really promote you also to the next level, which might be middle management or top management, simply because you do not have the right perspective yet. And they do believe that you will get that perspective with the help of a good uh, global or national MBA. And that is uh, why if you are looking for an MBA, because you're not able to grow in the organization, it's a perfect Uh, Example of going for the right degree then. And even within the MBA, as you might have already um, seen elsewhere as well, there are multiple majors to go for. You can actually go for marketing, finance, operations, um, logistics, uh, human resources, and so on. So what are the right reasons for getting into an MBA? Career growth, absolutely. But then again, do you really know what is your reason for going for an MBA or not. And even if you have an iota of a doubt, please get yourself assessed from a career consultant, um, get your entire work experience and education evaluated, understand the journey that you're about to embark on, if you are about to embark on an MBA preparation journey and so on. So what exactly is the MBA preparation journey? Well, it consists of a few components. The first component is the academic component. Well, you've already completed your education at bachelor's or master's level. Uh, you need to get all the transcripts in order and so on. You might have some certifications, etc. But that's not the only thing that the B-School is looking for. They're also looking for um, certain aptitude testing. And when I say aptitude testing, this is not your natural aptitude that they test. Uh, this is not the talents and the aptitudes that you were born with. Uh, there's a difference between the psychological and Definition of aptitude and the scholastic definition of aptitude. Most universities are looking for scholastic aptitude, which can be tested through various exams. In India, the most famous exams are CAT, ZAT, NMAT, CMAT, and so on. And globally, um, including India, actually, there are some standardized tests which are accepted. Uh, The most famous one is called GMAT, which is conducted by an organization called GMAC. I, can, uh, I will actually share the link of that in, in the episode show notes as well. You can go and check it out. Or GRE, which is conducted by Pearson. Um, and these are some of uh, most of the universities in the world. They want to see scholastic aptitude. So a good score in any of these entrance examinations is a good ticket uh, for a you know, well-known MBA. But that doesn't mean that there are no universities where uh, you cannot get into without any entrance examination or any standardized test, which tests your scholastic aptitude. There are non-GMAT programs across the world as well, where depending on your experience, you can get opportunities. If you're looking for MBA abroad, then another test that you will have to take is the IELTS or uh, TOEFL which are basically English proficiency tests. I'm not saying that these are the only two tests which are accepted. Certain universities also accept other tests like uh, PTE or uh, countries like Canada, Australia, they also have their own English proficiency tests which you can take and submit the scores for. When compared to all these English proficiency tests, IELTS or IELTS is the most widely accepted throughout the world. The next part of an MBA is an application process wherein you need to collect all the documents, work experience certificates, uh, educational transcripts, um, extracurricular activity certificates, any awards, uh, all those things, achievements, scholarships, all those things you need to get together in the form of documentation, your passport, your uh, visa documents, and so on. Sometimes a lot of universities also ask for financial documents as to how are you going to support yourself during the program and how are you going to pay the fees. So apart from the documentation, the application also involves you to develop a good resume, a good storyline around your entire life and work experience. And then uh, you will have to explain your life in, in various essays, or which are also called SOPs or statements of purposes or essay type questions. And it is very important that you keep a consistent story over here because you need to understand why you're doing an MBA. You need to consider MBA as a bridge between all you've done in the past so far, wherever you are today, with all that you have done so far. If you want to go into the future, into a place where you want to reach, the bridge between your present and the future should be an MBA. That is a formula that you need to use so that your story fits in line with what the school is also expecting of you. Your interview is all about storytelling and you need to work really hard towards it. If you get called for an interview process and after the interview process, if you get selected, then you need to accept the offer, you know, sort out your finances. Uh, If you're working somewhere, get that in order and uh, finally apply for visa and reach the program. Obviously, before reaching the program, you also need to figure out other things, which is pre-course material of the MBA, finding out living quarters and uh, making sure that everything else is sorted out as well. So, as I said earlier, that MBA is all about making a good manager out of you and the first step for that is good planning. You will be a good manager if you plan well, at least one year in advance. Start your test prep for your MBA journey, at least one year in advance. That is my official recommendation as well. Um, Because that one year, you will need to do test prep for entrance examination, shortlisting schools, talking to them, visiting some schools, in fact, uh, researching about them by talking to other people who have been there, alumni, professors, etc. Then creating your own story. Uh, After that, getting ready to apply and finally joining the program. It at least takes you one year to do all these things. Why? Because this is probably one of the most important decisions of your professional life. So, so far we have discussed a lot about MBAs, uh, what they are, different types, where should you go for it, what is the return on investment, when should you do it, should you do it at all or not, how can you go about it and what is good planning for this. So, certain future MBAs and uh, a lot of uh, the world today is talking about including big billionaires like Elon Musk and so on who talk about regularly talk about the fact that um, we don't really care for MBA if you have an MBA degree or not. Um, So is the world moving away from MBAs? Not really. But is the MBA world changing? Most definitely. The MBA programs today are becoming more agile, more versatile. They are becoming more specialized as well. They, there are a lot of tech-focused MBAs, there are a lot of sustainability-focused MBAs where you can actually major in sustainability sciences, etc. You can also major in data analytics, many more future domains, which we keep hearing about. How has Corona changed the MBA world? How has it, has it disrupted it? Has it changed it? And how has it been? Um, let me give you a few numbers. Last year, the number of applications to NCR, which is top five in the world, actually increased by 55 to 60%. And the same was similar things were encountered by uh, MBA programs in the UK, Canada and India as well. Why? Because when there is a crisis, it is important that you invest in upskilling yourself so that when the crisis is finished, for example, the pandemic is a big crisis right now. And we are right in the middle of it. The economy is uh, in recession. So there are not a lot of high-paying opportunities over there or not a lot of growth-related opportunities uh, out there. So it is the right time to actually invest in yourself. Be prepared so that when the pandemic ends and the economies of the world start recovering, there is more demand. Uh, You are more resilient. You become ready to take on the new world. And that is why a lot of people started applying for MBA programs. And this year also the number of applications for MBA programs is set to increase in the same way. But then what really was the experience of students uh, studying in these MBAs because a lot of these MBA programs again went for hybrid models uh, wherein you were studying from home on your laptop. So it was not the same but still the quality of education I will not say that it was at this at the same level or at par with what uh, used to be there before COVID. But still, uh, students have enjoyed a lot. They have been engaged in a lot of activities and projects and their experience so far um, has not been bad. So please go for it, even if you are thinking because we don't really know when the pandemic is over, especially for Indians. Uh, because uh, our country is quite different as compared to the rest of the world when it comes to dealing with the pandemic. So there are chances that the pandemic might be longer for Indians than not. We've reached the end of this particular podcast. And before we conclude, I am going to take up a few questions from the listeners. First question, what is the use of doing any degree plus MBA? From Ritika, class 10 student in Rajasthan. Oh, wow. Ritika, thank you so much for asking this question because (laughs) I'm surprised that you're thinking about this in class 10. But um, at the same time, I know uh, why you're thinking about this because whatever you've done or whatever research you've done so far probably showed that MBA was omnipresent. Everyone had a good MBA. And your question is very appropriate over here. What is the use of doing any degree? What is the advantage of doing any degree if you're going to do an MBA, ultimately, that is why I actually tell people, first of all, that do not follow the path of other people blindly. It should fit your aspirations, and it should be suitable for you. And how will you know that you will only know that if you get yourself evaluated, assessed. And if you are built for management, then you don't really need to go for any other degree as well. You can do a good bachelor's program in business management or business administration and then go for an MBA or there are integrated programs BBA plus MBA which will help you. But this question can only be answered for you if you get yourself assessed and see if it fits you or not. Now the other perspective on this question is what is the use of doing any degree plus MBA? Let's say uh, let me take the example of somebody who's done forensic science. Now if you've done forensic science in your bachelor's and you've worked for a little bit then you are kind of uh, an expert in certain areas about that now if you want to scale up this expertise if you want to in the future manage more people with the same level of uh, expertise in forensic science you want to become a manager at a private think tank or a consulting company or a public company then you need to know how to manage people how to create processes where employees and other people can flourish And that is the advantage of having an MBA after doing a degree or plus having some work experience. But just after doing a degree, going for an MBA, the bachelor's degree more or less loses its importance. Next question. Does it make sense to do an MBA from Japan? And this is asked by Sandeep, who is an engineer at a Japanese electric company, 10 years of work experience. So, I think there are very few Japanese electric companies (laughs) like that. Um, But yes, Sandeep, I completely understand your question. Yes, it makes a lot of sense to do an MBA from Japan. There are a few reasons for that. Um, The first reason is Japan is a major economy in the world. So, you will always have good opportunities. Secondly, you've been working for a Japanese electric company for 10 years and uh, the japanese businesses how they work is their their head offices always remain in japan so if you really want to grow in that company um you really need to be in japan and for that an mba from japan will really help you not only that after you finish your mba you already have connections in japan because of your work experience so getting a job is easier for you as well what is the challenge the challenge is the language you will need to learn Japanese, any kind of management program or people-related program. If you do from any major economy, you need to know the local language. In India, we do our MBAs in English, but then when you actually get down to work, you need to know Hindi or some other language in the area that you're working with. Similarly, for Japan or France or Mexico, you will need to know the local language. So it will be an additional investment of time and effort, but uh, getting at least an N1 degree in uh, Japanese is very important for you if you want to uh, work in the future in Japan or in Japanese companies and, uh, you know, want to really, really grow in there. An MBA is an amazing course. It's versatile, full of exposure, working and learning with the smartest minds But it is also a commitment of time, effort, money, and career progression. Be a smart manager. Do your research before this investment. Thank you for listening to the Best Fit Careers podcast. We would love to hear from you, so please provide your comments, feedback, and questions to us through email or messages on our social media. Please subscribe to us and like our episodes. If you found value in them and share them with others who may benefit from this information, Best Fit Careers has been designed to provide you the best information possible to solve your career queries. This podcast is the culmination of years of experience and thousands of hours of counseling, research, and guidance sessions. Please find more amazing information at the SN Mentoring online publication. See you in the next episode. Happy Careers to you.